Welcome in. This is Eric Roberts. You're listening to Worship Band Builder, and this is a segment from 2011 Propel Sessions where I talk about sound training. And it's extremely important for all worship leadership to train and take an interest in the sound team. I mean, they are the guys and the girls that are going to turn you up and down on Sunday morning. And so I know this is an intimidating subject. These are some tips and tricks that you can use uh, to get involved and to get to know and to get a better trained sound team. Let's listen in to this session. Sound and tech training. So you can mix training, you can do live training. You can, you can take them in the sanctuary, pop some CDs in and say, listen to this. What do you hear? You know, you, whatever you gotta do, this, this can get deep. But mixing, we, we did one training where we brought our engineers in and set up a big set of studio monitors and we made them listen to like 10 songs and write down everything they heard and then compare it to what they hear on Sunday morning. Take them out of their element, take them out of the sanctuary, take them in their car and listen to music and say, what do you hear? Oh, I hear bass and drums. Well then how come we can't hear our bass player on Sunday morning? You know, that kind of thing. Train your music, train them to be your sound guys, to be musicians too. Uh, train them on hands on the soundboard. If you don't have somebody that can train, you can call me, you can call other people that do sound training. You know, there, there are ways to do it. You know what I mean? If you don't have the, uh, the, the skill level, ask for help. Call another church and say, hey, we know you guys run 10,000 people. Do you guys have a, a, a lot of them have full-time sound techs. Would you be willing to let us hire your sound tech for two days just to come in and, and train our guys? It's really important. And I know a lot of people don't know how to do sound. They just look at it and just blurs over. And that's the biggest problem. But if you don't know as a worship leader, either get a bunch of books you're really smart, really quick, or find somebody that's really good. Even one of your team members may be a really good sound guy. Find it out and say, from now on, you know, Joe Bob is going to be the guy that we talk to about sound and make sure that, that he approves the things we're doing. Okay? So you can, do, you can do attitude training with your sound guys. That's actually the, most of the training they need is attitude training. All the sound guys out there. If anybody listens to this later and you're a sound guy, yes, attitude training is the sound guy's most important training element. Most sound guys have attitudes, not my sound guys. But I've had enough sound guys with attitudes. It's the, most, it's the worst thing in the world, and most of them have them. But, but the problem is they usually know more than you, and they use it against you. And so you have to train. You have, to have a servant attitude train, sound guy, okay? I'm a sound, professional sound technician myself, so I can speak their language. But a lot of people just, well, we do that because the sound guy does, wants it like that. It doesn't make any sense. So make sure you know what he's doing. Make sure you know, you know that he loves you and cares about you and that you love and care about him and that you're, and he feels like he's in the band. Here's an audience question in regards to sound training and also being the worship leader. And this worship leader is asking, how do I know what it sounds like in the sanctuary? Everything in the monitors and the in-ears sounds different than what's coming out in the sanctuary. How do I work with my sound team to train and produce a sound if I'm always on the stage? How do I get a sense of what's coming out of the mains? It's kind of hard to do in, at Clear Creek because it's so big, the building is. But here's what you, you can do. You just take your, your, your guitar and your microphone, and you take, get a couple longer cables, and go back to the soundboard, and plug your mic right into the soundboard, right back there. Plug your acoustic right into the soundboard, right back there. 
And because you're so far back at Clear Creek, when you do this, there's a little delay, so it's kind of hard to play with the band. So get a couple 30-foot cables and get yourself into the middle of the room and say, all right, let's start and just play. You're looking at the stage now. You're in the congregation. But you can actually play, right? And you'll hear what they hear. You can play with the band from down there. I, I used to do that kind of thing. And we did it here the other night. We plugged our stuff back in there and, and played a few things because we didn't have a sound check proper yesterday. So we, we plugged in some of our own stuff back there. And it's just you just take your you know mic cable out of your guitar and just Jimmy Rig plug it back into your soundboard. Just unplug the snake and plug your guitar right into the channel. And if you get a long enough cable, you could use a microphone cable and then a direct box and then just run that run that direct box maybe 20 foot into the middle of the room and then just tell the you could stand right at the soundboard but in a big room it's like you strum and you hear it it's like vroom, vroom. there's a little delay yeah the delay you're going to hear that will never go away is you strum and then there's a delay before it hits a speaker and hits your head so it'll be like just this real quick it feels weird basically strum a rhythm and you'll hear it. it's like milliseconds you'll hear your rhythm You'll hear it on your guitar and you'll hear it through the speakers. So get in the middle of the room so you'll get closer enough to the speakers. It still might feel a little delayed, but you'll be able to play all the whole rehearsal, really, you can do from down there. And you can tell them, hey, guys, the guitar is too loud, or hey, the drums are blah, blah. You can, you can direct the, the sound guy, and you should, because you, you know it sounds good. If you can know it sounds good and, and start to push them to make it sound good, the sound guy just make it sound like however he wants to. That's what he does. Until you go over and take his finger and put it on the fader and say, right here, that's what sounds good. They'll go, no, no, I want it right here. No, no, right here is where it sounds good. That's how much training you have to do with most technicians that aren't musicians. No, this is where I want the bass. In fact, don't move it. That's it right there. And they go, no, I like it down here. No, I like it up here. No, I want to change this. So if, if, you can, if you can hear what you want from out in the... And that's a great question. It's a great um, a, a way to attack that because they'll just be like, you sound fine, Fred. Move it however they want. You go out and go, no, I want to... And you're showing your sound guy, I'm not just a dumb musician. I'm, I'm actually going to listen, and I'm going to tell you, my guitar's way too loud. Turn it down. Well, I like to hear the guitar. Every sound guy has his own thought process, and you have to invade that. And, t and teach him your tone. Now, I want the electric guitar on top. Some of my sound guys liked the voice on top, like way on top. Like my voice is way screaming above. I like my voice in the band. And so there's all kinds of things uh, that you can do with that. But that's a part of training the sound guy, too, is just letting him know I'm coming. I'm a part of this. Yes. Also, from an audience member, they just noted that. I did pass out CDs to all the sound guys and the bands in uh, in a previous ministry, and they could listen to those CDs and those productions in their car, at their house, in the sanctuary, and it's part of their responsibility to help produce from the soundboard to get the sound of the actual recording that you're doing with your band. So they need to be actively involved in listening listening sessions of the songs in the production style you want. Yeah, give the sound guy your CDs and say, hey, here's a Pavelosh song we're doing, and even though we don't sound like him, listen to what he sounds like, because they'll start mixing maybe like Pavelosh if you're trying to lead them ahead. 
And so now we had a little audience conversation, and it was very interesting because one of the bass players in the audience said they know that some of the sound techs that they work with at their church will really turn the bass guitar up, and some will turn the bass guitar down really low. And so as the musicians get to know, they know if they see you know, sound guy A at the sound booth, well, they're not going to be heard that week, and so they just kind of don't worry about it too much. And they, they felt like if sound tech B was there, then they, oh, this guy's really going to ride the bass really loud, so I've got to really play better. And their expectations for their self become sort of a known thing because you can kind of tell the difference between sound guys and you get to know that. That's inconsistency, and that's one thing that we're trying to work against when we're trying to produce. And another worship leader in the crowd said, you know, sometimes there's a sound guy that comes in who's really uh, obsessed with the piano and they really like the piano to be loud. So they can just hear that those weeks that the piano is just over top of the band and that the guitar that he's leading from is really inaudible in the mix. It's frustrating to that worship leader and it's sort of a thing. This is why training is so important and producing a quality mix uh, all through your teams is so important. When I'm leading sound training, it, it really is hard to do and you have to actually take over. Let them know, you are a part of the team, I'm the leader. So I want the sound like this and this is where it's gonna be. And you have to, and you, and, and a lot of times it's attitude and, and teamwork. I, I have removed several sound men from my team over the years, removed them literally. You're, you're done, you're not gonna be running sound anymore because they just won't listen. And so you have to be able to know what you want, be willing to remove somebody, um, because your bass player like uh, could be playing great bass and nobody could ever even know you had a bass player. And it's not the bass player's fault, it's the sound guy's fault. So you just have to, and you could be singing great and nobody can hear you. I mean, it's just weird stuff can happen. I, it's really important. Well, there you have it. Just a little bit of conversation about sound training. It is one of the most stressful areas, I believe, of any worship leader's uh, position is getting all of the technical things in line. Now, at Worship Band Builder, we have a lot of resources. If you go to worshipthekingcom tech, that's worshipthekingcom tech, you can get a lot of my diagrams, um, uh, different training segments. You can even join and get into the foundations for audio. This is something you can do with your team. Uh, and I encourage you as a worship leader, uh, some of you worship leaders may not have a lot of experience on the soundboard with compression, with EQ, with even setting up your own stage. But I believe that is one of the keys to being very successful. So no matter what position you're in now, maybe make a goal to say, I'm going to learn a little bit more about the sound, the setup, and you can do that at worshipbambuilder.com. God bless you. I'll see you there.